Spin 1038. You're welcome back to Spin Talk with Lauren. Now, my next guest, I'm sure if you follow us on Snapchat, you will have come across her as well. She has been blogging about her son and his autism journey. Nicole Duggan has raised so much awareness through My Boy Blue and she's on to the next project now and she's going to tell me a bit more about that. Nicole, you're so welcome to Spin Talk. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much, Lauren. Nicole, tell me a bit about why you decided to blog about Riley's journey. Um, I think it was really, like when Riley was diagnosed, he was only two years and nine months when he was diagnosed. Um, but there's a lot of ignorance when it comes to autism. Um, and I think a lot of it is just that people just don't understand about it. Especially if you don't have it in like your family life or anything like that. It's just, you just don't understand. So I think the major thing that I wanted to do was just teach people like the reality of it more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Riley being so young, like he's growing up and everything is changing so fast. And, you know, like he has um, a lot of regression with his autism. So it just shows that like, even though he might do something today, he mightn't be able to do it again next week, you know. Um, and I think I started it up saying that I had a goal that I wanted to teach one person and then it just went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's so interesting to go, particularly when you speak about regression, because we've discussed autism a lot on Spin Talk over the years, and yeah. that is something that I didn't realise is that just because you can do something one day doesn't mean that you will be able to do it again. And I think you know things like that. You know, as you said, unless it's it's in your life, you just, you just don't, don't understand. understand. It, like, you know. And that's the wonderful thing about Snapchat. We've met so many incredible people through Snapchat here on Spin Talk who've been raising awareness for different causes. Was yeah. it a bit weird in the beginning, kind of snapping everything? Very weird. And like when I start, because I started off with the Facebook page and that was fine because you can hide behind your computer, you know. And then you go on Snapchat and you're like, oh my God, I actually have to talk to this. And, you know, you'll be saying you don't know who's talking back to you. At least with Facebook, you can put like a face to someone. Mm. Um, but I have to say that Snapchat has been one of the best things that I've done um, really? because you get to actually interact with people they get to see the real life side of it because you can put a, a post up on Facebook and people can read it and you sometimes you just don't relate to it whereas if you see a video of something or someone actually speaking about it it kind of hits home a bit more I think definitely and being able to see Riley and things like that they understand a little bit more mm. Um because he loves the camera. Like he's I was going to ask, <laughs> like, how Riley feels about it or how you think maybe he feels about being, being videoed. I, like, if I put on the camera, he'll always turn it to, like, a selfie mode so that he can look at himself. Like, he loves being <laughs> on camera, but he doesn't understand, I suppose, the whole side of being on Snapchat or anything like that because his understanding wouldn't be up to par with his age. Yeah. Um, but, like, he's so proud of himself when he does something new and like he, he if I video him he'll go around and show everybody in the house what he did do you know what mm. I mean so like he doesn't understand that he is on it I suppose but yeah. it's a great way of getting awareness out there definitely absolutely and as I said you know so many people um, have mentioned you to us and I know so many people who follow Spin Talk follow you as well Nicole so you decided to go on to the next thing now and you have this campaign through their eyes tell me a bit about that yeah so I was part of last year the Mom Brigade campaign that I know you knew about um, and this year I just said that like last year we spread so much awareness but I wanted to do something big um, so I came up with this idea and I actually went to Angela from Trousies and I was like what do you think and she was like go for it and I was like I don't know what to do so I started approaching people so what it is now is it's 35 people who have been touched by autism so 
I'm actually getting a mixture of like moms, dads, siblings, there's SNAs, there's therapists, there's autism advocates and people that are actually on the spectrum themselves um, that are going to come onto our account. So I set up a new Snapchat account that, uh, through the RISE account. They're all going to come on over seven days and tell their autism story. Brilliant. So it literally, what I wanted to do is show the real life side of autism. Like I don't want to sugarcoat anything. I don't want to make out that it's the most amazing thing in the world because at the end of the day it is hard um, now it doesn't make them any any less than anybody else but it is hard when you're dealing with it every day and I don't think people see that side of it because even on my own Snapchat like if I'm having a day where Riley's having a very hard day I won't snap because like he needs his mum then he doesn't need a phone in his face do you know um, so sometimes these things happen behind closed doors and I think people need to be more open yeah. about it so the people that we've gotten on board have kids that are all different ages like to the sense that they've just been diagnosed up to like teenage years um, we have two teenage boys who are actually on the spectrum themselves that are coming on to talk um, a teenage girl as well that has Asperger's that's going to come on and talk and we've been so lucky that as I am who are Ireland's leading autism charity have gotten behind us They're an incredible charity amazing. Adam like, Harris What is, they do for the autism yeah. community is absolutely amazing um, And I was so call? lucky that Fiona that actually works for As I Am was following the Snapchat account um, and she sent me a message and from there they've just been the most amazing support so Fiona is on the spectrum herself so she's a mom and she has a little girl who has autism as well so she's coming on to do a takeover and Adam Harris himself is doing a video for us as well um, which is amazing because when I set it up I was like imagine if we could get people like that and yeah being able to do it I'm like oh my god we actually are after pulling it off oh, well listen Nicole I think um, the first thing we need to do is tell people what day it's going to happen because I think there will be such an incredible reaction to it and we would love to talk about it as well yeah. so uh, what's the date for anyone it's kicking off on the 26th which is ne- Monday next Monday okay yeah. um, so it's kicking off that day and for the 26th till the 2nd of April so the 1st of April is Easter Sunday and then the Monday is actually Autism Awareness Day. Okay. So it's going to go straight through to the Monday um, and we're going to have five takeovers a day, every day. And then on the Monday, because the campaign, we're going to raise money for My Canine Companion who are um, a charity who supply autism service dogs for kids in the country. Um, on that day, there's a big race called Jog for a Dog up in Kildare and we're actually going up to it. So that day is going to be about the charity. So I'm going to snap about the dogs and about all that kind of stuff. So people will see what it's all about. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Now the nerves have set in. No, oh, Nicole, it'll be amazing. Really, really will. Um, the Snapchat account, so you need everyone to follow Through Their Eyes is yeah, the name so of the account. T-H-R-U, Their oh. Eyes. Through Their Eyes. Yeah. And then your own one is My Boy Blue, Nicole My Boy Blue. Yeah, so my Snapchat handle is Coley Dogs. So it's actually... Oh, yeah, sorry. I always yeah. forget when you're about so Coley dogs. Yeah. Brilliant. And through their eyes. Through their eyes, yeah. That's where it's all going to happen. Now, people have been asking us, will we be uploading things on Instagram or anything like that? And it will just literally depend on how busy the week is. I'm hoping that we'll get some stuff up. If not, we'll get it up after the campaign because like spreading awareness isn't just about next week. It's yeah. about going forward. So we're going to save all the stories and get them up on as much social media as we can as well which will be brilliant It's a brilliant idea Nicole and I have no doubt we'll speak again Thank you so much for your time today Thanks so much Lauren You're so good If autism is something that you or someone you know has 
what do you wish people knew about autism? Are we really as aware as we could be? Get involved. I'm on 087-711-1038. Lisa joins me on the line. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Louise. Sorry. Oh, Louise, my apologies. <laughs> you're grand. Uh, Louise, you're coming on to tell me a bit about your little girl, Maisie. Is that right? Yeah, she has autism. Um, she was diagnosed properly uh, uh, last year. But um, when we first got her diagnosed, they said there was nothing wrong with her. She was fine. She was perfect. And then fast forward a year later, um, we're told like she has like five different diagnoses, like they're all abbreviated. Okay. Yeah. What's that like to take, Louise? When you're- um, I think I was in denial at the start. I was like, no, she's fine, she's fine. And then when I got told, like I didn't actually think that she had autism. I just thought she had ADHD. So when he actually said it to me, I was like, crap, because... I kind of like blamed myself for a while and then I was like maybe it's something I've done maybe didn't take enough like prenatal vitamins but when he like he kind of sat down with me and he's like look it's nothing that you could have done or changed or anything anything like that so okay yeah now you mentioned ADHD what's the difference Louise to, to the best of your knowledge because I, I know it can be quite confusing but yeah what's the difference between autism and ADHD I think ADHD, it's, um, I think it's focused on, like, behavior and, like, attention span. Okay. Right. Like, I know that kids that have ADHD, they find it really hard to kind of sit down. Okay. And kind of concentrate and stuff like that and kind of stay easy or, um, you know, like, play a game for more than a couple of minutes or so. So you, it's such a broad spectrum. You were mm. trying to figure out exactly... Um, how to how to move forward with Maisie? What yeah. what were the first few months like then after you got the diagnosis? Um, well, see, I had a sleep nurse out with her as well because she had really bad um, she had really bad sleeping patterns. So we got that sorted, but she was prescribed melatonin as well just to help her sleep. Um, then I had to fight for um, an SNA for her because see, she was in early start and she would have been going into junior infant. So I was I was kind of panicking. See, she's the middle of um, her six-year-old brother, Harry, and her four-year-old, Thomas. So I was kind of worried because, see, Harry was doing so well in school. And I was like, oh, my God, Maisie's not going to be able to sit down. I used to collect from early start. And I think one day she had bitten the teacher and all the kids were in a corner. And she was in such a state that I just got so upset. Like, she bit through my jacket and everything. That was before she got properly diagnosed. But um, now she's blind. She has an SNA. Tina, who's amazing with her, um, she has resource hours where um, a teacher would bring her out yeah. and do extra reading with her and stuff like that. See, so she has a language disorder as well, so she kind of needs help with um, her words and sounds and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, but I've noticed such a big difference in her. Like, she's more, um, she's more like quiet in herself, and she does her own thing. She's more calm. Yeah. The meltdowns are few and far between, so it's, it's getting better. Like. That's great here. And God, Louise, mm. are, like you have, like you've three of them. So like... Yeah, six, five and four, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and the doctor actually said it to me. He said it's very strange for a girl in between two boys to have autism because it's more the boys really get it. Okay. Didn't yeah. realise that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, what do you wish people knew about autism, Louise? Um, just to be more aware of it, like, and to understand that like I'm not trying to fit Maisie into my world I have to fit into her world like nope I can't change who she is um, and it's just like personal space if someone approaches Maisie 
and interrupts her or you know disturbs what she's doing like she doesn't understand like she'll she kind of just backs away or puts her hands on her ears like if she doesn't like something yeah or you get people that will just um like she flaps her hands it's called stemming okay so she flaps her hands when she's excited it's just a sensory thing it's her way of saying i'm happy or i'm excited but like I had a woman coming over and going, why does she keep doing that? Like, <laughs> I was like, I just didn't know what way to take her. I just felt really annoyed like that. Yeah. She actually, she actually got up, came over, took it in herself to come over and ask me why my daughter is flapping. What was she thinking? Yeah, I know. I, I was really annoyed. Like, I won't tell you what I said to her. <laughs> I was just like, how dare you basically? Like, and then I got other people that commend me and come over and they're like, you're doing so good. Like, Oh, she's come on so well and stuff like that but uh, yeah there is people that and especially like oh she doesn't look like there's something wrong with her or like oh hopefully she'll grow out of it and it's just little things like that people don't think yeah yeah it must be so frustrating yeah um, Louise it sounds like you're playing an absolute blinder though good on you thank you so much for coming on no problem thanks Millie. thanks very much um, I don't get why that woman would come over and comment on a child flapping her hands or her arms like Kids do all sorts of things, whether they have autism or not. I just don't get that, that the woman was like, why is she doing that? Like, why do kids do anything? How odd. But anyway, um, glad to hear Louise handle that situation. Linda should be next on the line. Hi, Linda. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks for hanging on there, Linda. Really appreciate Uh, speaking to you today. Um, I've been asking today just what you wish people knew about autism. Tell me a bit about Ryan, your son. My son, Ryan. Well, Ryan is five years old. He's the happiest little boy you'll ever meet in your life. Um, he he's no troubles to anybody. Um, but the only reason I really rang is because Ireland don't help people with autism. They don't. They they have no structure or, or no system or nothing for the kids. The kids are failed daily. My son, along with another six boys in his school, have no places to go for 2018 for school. Now, our kids never got any therapy. I'm still a part of EIT which is the early intervention team three years I've had five appointments now this is the norm Ryan's need was speech and language therapy yet they don't give that now I've been looking for skills over a year now and I just got told recently that there is no skills he's no place for September no no and he won't have a place for September and that's the reality of it. I've been on to Richard Brown. I've been into Leinster House. I've been everywhere you can think of. Myself and um, other parents um, actually went to the school that our kids are in now and begged for a prefab for the boys to go to. And we were told, no. Because in Ireland, the schools are given a choice whether to take autistic children or not, which goes completely against their ethos, which is inclusiveness when it comes to children with special needs. But schools get to decide whether our kids go there or not. How how is that, Linda? Like I, I haven't got a clue. Like all I want to do is send my son to a school. I want to buy my little boy a uniform, but that's it's not life is not like that for us. I was saying at the start of the show that we hear all these great stories like, you know, DCU today, the president was out there with Adam Harris of As I Am announcing that going forward DCU is going to be a more inclusive campus. It's going to be autism friendly. Little during the week had the great news that they're going to have their quiet evenings all around the country, which is fantastic news. So it looks and sounds like we're getting better, that we're getting there. But the reality for you, Linda, is that... that we have nothing. We actually have absolutely nothing for our kids. 
Every, and if we do get something, it's because we're constantly onto somebody. Like, I shouldn't have to force somebody to assess my child. But I do. Yeah. Louise, who was on before you, I heard her say the thing that I so often hear parents who have children with autism say. She said, I fought for this. I fought to get that. I assure you, I'm sure there's many parents that are like, oh, well, wait. You'll be waiting for the rest of your kid's life because nobody is going to help you. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have to stalk for appointments, which is not normal. I had to apply for skills out of Dublin. There was no way of me child ever getting there, but, you know, I had to do that. For what? The lists are too long. He never had a chance. So, And that's what we were all up against. No skills because our kids have autism. So automatically, Ireland is discriminating against our children. The ones who should come first, the ones who thrive off going to school and routine. Yet they can't have that. And I don't know what to say to you. I really don't. Because like I said, you know, we hear all these really positive stories, but the reality that you and those other parents are facing for the six boys. I hear that it's, it's supposedly only in Fingal that we have this issue. Yet the skills are still, no, we don't want the Yona. Okay, so that's where you are, Fingal. Yeah. Kind of area. Linda, I don't know what to say, but hopefully um, we'll, we'll be able to help in some way, shape or form. We're hoping to speak to Adam Harris a little later on. Um, you know, and I know, it, as I am, do incredible work. Surely we'll be able to get in touch with someone who will have answers for you or we have some kind of plan. Um, uh, like literally, if Richard Brunton can't answer a question, I don't know whose job this is. And that's just awful. Like, it really, really is. But this is the reality of it. Nobody helps us. We can't even get our kids into a local school. Like, in my town alone, there's about 15 primary schools. I don't get to choose, and neither does any other ASD mommy get to choose where we send our kids. It's either here or here or nowhere. And if everyone just keeps saying home tuition. So I isolate my son because he's autistic. That's more the reason he should be out there. Yeah. thriving off his routine but yet they want to take that away from him I don't get it Linda I really don't um, I can't thank you enough for coming on thank you so much no worries don't worry about it today. thanks Emil I just I, do, I find sometimes and it happens a lot when we discuss autism on the show is that it's something that I have very little understanding of um, and I just don't know what to say to parents like listen to Linda and her frustration you know and there's nothing really that we can do. If anyone has any help or advice they can offer to Linda, please get involved. 087-711-1038. I would love to hear from you. Isabel joins me on the line now. Hi, Isabel. Hi. Um, Isabel, you yourself have autism. Yeah, I'm autistic, yeah. Tell me a bit about being diagnosed and and your journey with autism, if you don't mind. Uh, Well, I was diagnosed pretty late in life, which is actually quite common for girls on the spectrum. I was 21 when I was diagnosed. Uh, So the downside of that is, you know, I grew up and I went through school not understanding why I was so different from everyone else and why I found school so hard and, you know, all the regular things you're supposed to be doing when you're a kid, not knowing why that was so difficult for me. And Isabel, was school quite difficult for you or did you find your own way of learning? Um, Well, on one hand, I'm very academic and part of being autistic for me, one of the strengths it gives me is I have a very good memory. So in a lot of ways, the academic side of school was easy for me. 
but like a lot of autistic people, I have trouble with being, you know, um, being bullied by teachers for not not matching up to standards. Because you come across, if you come across as intelligent and well spoken and articulate, people can't understand why you'd also have difficulties with it. So you're treated like you're being lazy or you're being deliberately difficult. Mm-hmm. So that that was very difficult. And you mentioned to Rachel off air that sometimes people don't believe that you have autism. Yeah, I've had a lot of people telling me, you know, um, they don't think I'm autistic and they think there's been a mistake or I don't look autistic, which is very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know what we're supposed to look like. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that is a problem as well. And you kind of get this thing like, I'm having trouble with this because I'm autistic and people rolling your eyes, their eyes at you like you're just making excuses rather than accepting that something is genuinely, genuinely difficult for you. Something we've discussed in the past on this show, Isabel, is the lack of support there for young people who've perhaps left the school system and are maybe venturing on to university or into the working world. Like, what's your situation at the moment? Well, I, um, I went to boarding school when I was younger, so secondary school, and that kind of was um, really saved me in a way because it was so disciplined. And when you're not left to your own devices, you know, you have to be up at this time, you study at this time, you socialise at this time, then it's much easier for us to cope with. And then it's when I went to university and I was left to my own devices that things kind of started to fall apart a little bit, you know, like um, I think I missed like half to two-thirds of some of my classes just because it is, when you're on the spectrum, a lot of people don't realise um, you have trouble with things called, it's called executive functioning. So um, getting yourself in order, um, going to bed on time, stopping one job and switching to another job, all these kind of things are so challenging. And when you don't have someone else doing it for you in a way like you do in school, mm. it does kind of fall apart. And that's how I ended up getting my diagnosis in the end. So, well, sorry, just what did you call that executive functioning? Yeah, executive functioning. That is, that's the bit of your brain that kind of gets you to do stuff even though you don't really want to do it in a way. Yeah. So it's a bit that keeps you going when you're tired. You're like, oh, I, have to, I have to get to this appointment and I have to tidy my room and I have to do this and I have to do that. And it keeps you all organised. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have that working, it all becomes very overwhelming. Of course. And you end up not getting anything done at the end of the day. This is why I'm sure a lot of parents, and I know Louise, who was on earlier on, spoke about the importance of her daughter's sleep routine. Um, Getting to bed on time, having a a restful sleep must be very important. It's important for anyone, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Isabel, did you hear Linda, who was on before you, and just how frustrated she is trying to find a place in school for her son? Can I ask you, as a young person with autism, how does this make you feel knowing that this little boy, it, like his mum is having such a problem trying to get him a, a school place? Um, I mean, it's not something I went through myself, so it's difficult for me to empathise with it on that level. But um, you feel very protective of people who are in your community. So I... Like, ev- like everyone who has is on the spectrum, we all have this kind of unspoken bond with each other. Yeah. Um, so you do end up wanting to look after people, you know, the people who are younger than you or 
needing role models to look up to. So it is it is very frustrating knowing that your community is being let down in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Isabel, um, pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem, thank you. Um, Ash has been in touch on WhatsApp just in relation to Linda who was on and says, where is that girl living? My daughter's school in Clondalkin has autism support in their school. Um, good to hear that, Ash. Uh, we promised we would, if anyone could offer any advice or any uh, information to Linda, we would pass it on. So um, Linda mentioned she's in the Fingal area. So um, I, I don't know how helpful that might be, but we will we'll pass on the info. Neve says, as someone facing a possible diagnosis of autism for my son, this just sounds so frightening. Um, it is the reality, as Linda said, for an awful lot of parents trying to find a place. I know there's a lot of people who feel they have had great support, but I do, I have to echo um, what Louise said. You Just so often you hear people say the words like, I fought for this, I fought for that, you know, and, and Linda agreed. I'd like to hear your experiences. 087-711-1038. Kelly is next on the line. Hi, Kelly. Oh, hi, Kelly. Hi there. How are you? Good, thanks very much. Um, Kelly, did you hear Linda on just ahead of you? I did, yeah, I've heard her. And w- would so, you agree with her, Kelly? Is it is it really that frustrating? You are just facing roadblocks every step of the way. It is, yeah. Now, I've literally, I only we only found out in January now that my son was autistic. So I've already had him down for a Montessori in September, but we were told there's just absolutely no way he could go to a Montessori. He needs a specialised preschool, basically. So I just start fighting from then to get him in somewhere. Now his name is down. And I've had three skills come back to me to say, you know, his name is on lists or whatever, but the waiting lists are crazy. So I'm probably going to have to start doing the home tuition to try and get a mature to help a few days a week because there's just basically not a hope of him starting in September. How does that make you feel, Kelly? Um, well, we'll see, you see, it's still all kind of new as well. Like, you literally only have to find out that he is autistic and you know, trying to get him the help he needs then. So school was kind of at the back of my mind. I think I was kind of in a bit of a denial as well, saying, oh, you know, he he can start Montessori, like he'd be fine once he starts getting a bit of help. And then you're thinking, when is the help going to start? Like he's on the early intervention team, like the waiting list since last year. And now he's been seen by the physio, and but he's only been seen once. And he can't. he still can't speak. He needs like speech and language therapy. He needs occupational therapy and God knows when that's going to start so that's why I'm kind of fighting now to try and get them into a school so they can help them as well Can I ask Kelly when you get an autism diagnosis are you told right you're going to need this you're going to need this like what kind of things are you told? Yeah well see he was you now he, we have to bring him private now for an assessment because he's still on the waiting list to be seen by the HSE so when we brought him to the private therapist, she was able to tell us, you know, he is going to need a specialised preschool. Now, she put that down in his report and everything and said he is not going to benefit. She goes in a kind of normal preschool setting. She said he'd be swallowed up in it because he needs one-to-one care, basically, because he can't interact and he can't communicate with anybody. So he does need that whole one-to-one thing. He can't interact with other kids either, so he can't be in you know, kind of like a group with loads of kids because he does get, he finds it very intimidating as well. He, yeah. he can't stand crowds or anything like that. So that's basically why, you know, she said he needs a specialised skill. 
Kelly, the best of luck with it. I know um, there's messages coming in in relation to Linda, who we spoke to earlier, people offering a bit of help and advice. So similarly, if we get anything that might be able to help you, we'll pass it on, I promise, okay? That'd be great. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Kelly. Lovely to speak to you today. You too, thanks. Um, And I promise there is, there's really helpful messages coming in. So thank you so much for that. It just must be so frustrating. I can't quite get over Linda and just... Just what she's going through, you know. Um, it just shouldn't be that way at all. This listener says, Hi, my name's Anna. I'm 15. My younger cousin Ethan has autism. He is the smartest little boy I know. He is so clever and he understands everything you say to him. He just has difficulty getting the words out. And sometimes I feel like people think he's being rude or acting like a spoiled child. He's not. It's not his fault. He can't help the fact that he cannot reply like any other boy his age. So I would like people to be aware of that fact. Thanks. Anna, thank you so much for that message. That's exactly what we want to do today is tell people the things that you would like them to know about autism. So really appreciate that. Now, I mentioned a little earlier on, um, it's been in the news, but they someone has been kind enough to text us this as well. Little have announced that they're implementing autism-aware quiet evenings across all 194 little stores in Ireland and Northern Ireland after the success of the initial trial last year and the positive feedback received from customers. Stores will be implementing these sensory adjustments from April 2nd every Tuesday between 6pm and 8pm and the full rollout is expected to be completed across all stores in May. They'll have reduced lighting, no in-store announcements, no music, priority queuing for customers dealing with autism as well as extra assistance upon request. The till sounds will be lowered. Autism assistance dogs will be welcome. They've been working with charities to ensure the evenings fit customers' needs, but they're calling out to registered Irish autism charities to get in touch if you'd like to promote your work and raise awareness of autism by speaking with customers at the stores nationwide through the Autism Aware Quiet Evening. So any charities interested in that, um, get in touch. The email is csor at little.ie. And good on Little, that is brilliant news. But if any charities would like to get involved um, they would love to have you involved. So thank you so much. Sharon has been in touch to say, hi, my name, or sorry, Shannon. I work with children who have autism. Loving your chat at the moment. Great awareness. Shannon, if you have any advice or info that maybe you could pass on to either Kelly or Linda, I'd really appreciate it. Um, similarly, this listener says, hi, Spin. I'm a play therapist and a behaviour analyst. I run play and behaviour programmes for children with special needs, mainly autism. I also train families and support schools if any families need help or support. If it's okay with you, um, we might put you in touch with Kelly and Linda. Just you might know of people in their area, might, maybe you yourself might be able to help them, but maybe we could put them in touch with someone who could so that would be greatly appreciated thank you so much continue to get involved I want to hear from you what would you like people to know about autism 87 Get involved in the conversation. Call now. 01646-1038. This is Spin Talk. You're welcome back to Spin Talk with Lauren. There are so many messages coming in, particularly in relation to Linda, one of our callers. Susan says, My heart goes out to Linda, who cannot get a school place for her little boy. Until recently, I worked as a public health nurse in HSE screening um, up to four-year-old children for developmental disorders. After I referred any child aged about 18 months with autism to the early intervention team, they then faced a nine-month wait for assessment, followed by even more delays for therapy. So by the time they get into the system, they're probably about three years old. Very bad as early intervention is key for autism. I don't think the primary school situation is quite as bad in other areas of Dublin. Um, Well, look, where Linda is living, she is having a huge issue 
Lucy says there's no awareness a lot of this country seems to think it's only children that have autism I have a 24 year old brother who's autistic and these autism charities have never helped us Alan says I do think there is much greater awareness of autism in the country especially compared to say 20 or 30 years ago it's great but I would like to see greater awareness for other types of intellectual disabilities I feel there's a lot of groups etc to help raise awareness for certain intellectual disabilities for example Down syndrome and autism but not lesser known conditions or just general intellectual disabilities it's also important to note that not everyone with an intellectual disability fits into one box a lot of people have complex needs I'm not taking away from the great work being done for autism but I would just like to make this point no and thank you very much for making it and thank you very much to everyone who came on Um, we are going to continue the conversation perhaps next week um, as the Through Their Eyes campaign continues and we didn't even really get a chance to discuss DCU today. I know the President was there along with Adam Harris of As I Am as DCU announced that they're to implement a range of measures to make life at the college more comfortable for students with autism. A fantastic development um, and I can't say enough about As I Am. They're the autism advocacy group so they're kind of an umbrella organisation for all it's your one-stop shop, Adam always says, for everything autism in Ireland. So I would encourage people to head over there. They have so much information. So thank you very much. Unfortunately, I've got to move on, though. You can continue to have your say on the Spin 138 Facebook page. And as I said, anyone who gets in touch with info or advice for Linda or Kelly, who we spoke to, we will pass it on. If you can offer any advice, I'd love to hear it. And this is something we will return to, I promise.